In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison destroys the magic of childhood. So yeah, reading it as an adult is definitely a perspective that I would not have had. Um, had I read it as a child, I would have been in the same camp as you, like, oh, this is so, like, such a cool idea. You would sleep in a movie theater. How, how awesome is that? No. I don't know how to do this intro. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales and I'm rereading The Thief Lord this month. And I'm Allison and I'm reading it for the first time. Welcome to Novel Predictions, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. If this is your first time, we're so excited to have you here. Um, this is a podcast about two friends who force each other to read books that they've never read and try and ask them what they think is going to happen in it. And it's a lot of fun and hilarity. And we read random things, everything from adult to romance, adult fiction to romance to <laughs> fantasy YA. And now we've got a middle grade on our hands. Yeah, Thief Lord by Cornelia Funk. I am excited that we're doing a middle grade because, like, for my job, I probably should read more middle grade, so you're forcing me to do something I need to do. Well, and this is a classic one. This was written 20 years ago. Um, it's something that we still sell in the bookstore today, and, and for a middle grade book was how many wonderful new middle grades are coming out and how, you know middle grade it tends to be like there's a couple of series that they glom onto and it's like yeah it's really hard for parents I find when I'm at the bookstore to like get them to try something else and the mm. fact that the thief lord is still being sold on shelves 20 years after in the spite of all of those like really popular series and the fact that it's a standalone I think really speaks to the quality um and the lastability even though that's not a word of this book <laughs> Yeah, so. I think also she, I mean, Cornelia Funk wrote Inkheart. Um, right. And Dragon Rider. Right. So I think you can kind of sell her by saying, you know, if you liked Inkheart, because a lot of people have read Inkheart, mm -hmm. like, this is by the same author and it's not as fantasy filled and It's stuff. a little bit more adventure-y than right. fantasy filled. And surprisingly modern. Like I didn't anticipate this book being like a modern setting with it, like it it is and it isn't in terms of like it's it's probably set you know if you think about 20 years ago 1999 and it's probably set like a little bit back from that where there's no cell phones right there's no cell phone well there weren't really like widespread there weren't really cell phones in 99 either but right. there's no cell phones but there's like I'm trying to think of examples of things that I've been there's reading, batteries like, and light bulbs and yeah and, yeah yeah and yeah, it's movie like theaters <laughs> right right and yeah so and cameras and right and these things um and they talk a lot about the tourists in venice and like mm -hmm. the japanese tourists with their cameras and the american tourists and their little shorts and like all the stuff that you don't expect i like when i first start, started reading it and from looking at the cover i expected it to be like a historical venice rather than a contemporary Modern. venice yeah contemporary venice mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um like I said, it's very much more of an adventure book. Usually when kids come into the bookstore and they're looking for kind of like a historical fiction or something that they like, I want it to be real, but I want it to be upbeat and, and fast and something like that. I'll give them Thief Lord. More mm -hmm. often than not, it's Inkheart what I recommend. And then when they 
come back to me and say, I loved Inkheart, then I go to hear the other books by this author. Um, because Inkheart is such an easy transition from something like Harry, Potter. Of, Harry Potter, Wings of Fire, yeah. um, even the fairy tale ones, you know what I mean? With Inkheart being so grounded in books and, oh, books come to life. It's pretty cool for them. So that's that's the route that I usually go. I don't generally go to Thief Lord first unless somebody comes to me and is like, I want something adventure-ish and real, which is very rare. I think I've only had one kid actually come to me and say that. But um, it's <laughs> I don't know. I still love it. And I do have a really weird obsession with Venice. I don't know why. You do. Seriously. So many books that you love are about Venice. I, I don't know. I, I just, it was Have something... you been? Yeah, twice. I went, I went with my grandparents um, when I was 13, and then my eighth grade school trip was to Italy, and so we went a year later. I have Dang, not been that's since. an awesome school trip. Yeah, it was. It cost a lot of money, and I worked my ass off, but I paid for the whole thing myself. Yeah. And so instead of going to D.C. or something, we went to Italy, and uh, it was really great. It was with my favorite teacher, and um, I got to see more of Italy, whereas when we went with my grandparents, we just went to Venice because that was like my, I wanted to go to Venice and I wanted to go to Giverny and see Monet's garden. Cause that's how nerdy I was as a child. Um, <laughs> but, but that being said, I really would love to know, like, what are your initial thoughts? So you obviously were surprised by the time, uh, that it was set in, but what other things have you enjoyed or found difficult or just your initial thoughts of the book? Um, so far I am intrigued by it. Um, I read, we read the first 10 chapters, um, and I'm glad that we made that decision because the first five would have given me nothing. Yeah. You basically. wouldn't have had, yeah, you wouldn't have had a plot. Like you have the I would plot have had now. the characters, but I wouldn't yeah. have had any hints about where they might be going. And what they're, yeah. Other than maybe Bo and Prosper's aunt, aunt. and like that, that storyline, but you would yeah. have gotten nothing with the Thief Lord and this job, which is obviously right. going to be the main plot right so i i'm enjoying it obviously it was written 20 years ago we might want to talk about that really quick um do you want to do that now or do you want to do that later let's do holy it let's crap just, let's just do it now so there's a uh. there's a kales came to me the other day because i hadn't started reading yet and she said have you read yet and i said no and, and she kind of put her hands in her head or yeah her head in her hands and was like there's a really bad very not PC like reference and joke made in this book. And she's right. Um, yeah. I read it this morning. Um, so basically <laughs> in this, in this book, in order to disguise himself, one of the other kids tells Prosper that he should put on blackface. Yep. Um, Make himself dark. Thank like God the they don't kid. actually do it. No, they don't. And but I remember them. It's not. like a oh, that's funny, and it's like oh no, it's actually not. And they talk, they say it twice, actually. Yeah, um, they do. <laughs> yeah, but and, yeah, well, so that's then, not great. No, it's not great. And then the, and, you know, and they talk about the Japanese tourists and the American tourists in a very stereotypical. Oh yeah, everything is very stereotypical, but mm -hmm. that was like of above and beyond just a normal yep. stereotyping. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was. It's pretty clear that. Um, when writing this and whoever edited it, they were not aware of the connotations of blackface in society and nope. how shitty that is. Nope. Um, thank God that they didn't follow through with that idea. 
Yeah, they don't. Um, and it's not part of the book. It's just like a one-off line that happens yep. twice because when the I, initial suggestion happens and then when he's telling somebody Hornet's else. like, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, she's like, uh, don't do that. Um, which is great. Good for you, Hornet. Um, I, Hornet, it, we'll talk about Hornet, but Hornet was like who I wanted to be when I grew up. Like she yeah. was the coolest fucking character. Um, but yeah, but she's so, also not like that's racist. She's like, she doesn't say, don't do it. Like you know, right. it's it's not it's not a conscious like choice that some that the author made to make this have a character make a racist statement and no. then or a yeah culturally insensitive mm. like suggestion and then somebody else being like that's culturally insensitive. It was like oh that's like a funny dumb idea but we're not gonna do that right that's exactly what it is and so Mm -hmm. i was when i was listening to it i had to go back and be like oh my god no that's not what they just suggested yeah and i felt really bad because in my head again this book is such a i I have it kind of on a pedestal of how much i love it right and yet there is this moment and it's like that's not okay Mm-hmm. And it makes me like kind of worried about well, what other childhood books do Wrecking I love it. from twenty years ago that maybe are not okay and have moments like that? And it makes me really curious um, about it and a little worried. And by a little, I mean a lot worried um, because if they were going to go through with it, I was almost going to make you stop. I was going to yeah. be like, let's not, because I couldn't remember, right? And I was like, I need to finish this, and if this is how this is going to go. Like I need to really reevaluate what I love about this book. I do feel like if, if that was a factor, like if they actually did blackface in this book, we would have heard about it. Yeah. You know, see, like I somebody like would have called too. it out and been like the thief Lord, like way messed up now that we are, you know, trying to not be such shitty people. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> as, I agree as with white you. people. Um, so yeah, I think, it was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, like that just happened. That's obviously a like relic of the past. But on the other hand, it wasn't that long ago. So it's kind of, even, even it being written in 99, is almost not really an excuse. No, it's not in my head for that. Um, But I think it's one of those things where we have to, as we're reading this for the podcast, we need to observe that that happened and say, wow, that's, not great not okay obviously but we're still gonna read this book and see like and and read it for the rest of the story it kind of actually reminds me of um how the shit she read podcast deals with this kind of stuff because she reads oh, yeah they read a lot of um older books like from the 60s and and things that have weird things in them yeah um and they they kind of have to compartmentalize a little bit in order to analyze the story but at the same time it's there and we know it's there and it's definitely going to color um how this book is rated for me no and i think that's 100 percent fair i think that you know i i've reread this book a lot but i always reread it as a kid i i don't think i i think it's still been 10 years since i reread it and i brought it up again because i wanted to reread it as an adult and because in my head again it's like one of those childhood books that just hit you so heavily sure but then you think about oh shit like how how would it have been for a child of color to read that book and see that and that's right. it's not the same experience and then you you just get a big privilege check right there and 
I don't know. I think in a weird way, this is kind of a blessing that it happened because it allows us on this podcast to address something uh, very relevant and something that should be talked about. And, you know, this idea of literature that is from the past and, you know, it being a snapshot of how things used to be and how that's not okay anymore. Well, and even it just being a snapshot of the progression of the publishing industry. I know in in the book world, we talk a lot about um, increasing visibility and diversity in publishing, and it's really difficult. But in 99, it was like almost non-existent. Yes. Like, it's not that it was difficult and we're striving. It was that nobody, well, none of the bigwigs that have the power were talking about it and and trying to influence it so things like this could slip through because nobody was thinking about what about that child of color that's reading this book how are they going to feel about that so that's like at least I guess it's a a benchmark for progress from to where we are now at least right but yeah so that was um something (laughs) that was something that we had to deal with in this the first 10 chapters of this book I think we should continue with what the rest of you your thoughts were on this book so like we we've noted that this moment is an issue yeah uh what what were the rest of your thoughts though um I am excited for I love like ragtag kid ensemble casts um so that's good I'm, I'm happy with that I I'm hoping I have some theories, um, obviously, which is the point, but I think... And we'll get to those. <laughs> yeah. And I'm inter- I'm interested in the, like, seemingly continuing dual perspective, or at least partial perspective, from the detective. Um, right. Which is another unique thing in yeah. Middle Grade and YA, have, is having, having an, an adult a- perspective. Yep. Well, when I first started reading it, I actually w- couldn't figure out if I thought he was a kid. Oh, sorry. Fair. Well, I was like, because he's the first chapter... Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's, like, talking about how he's, I mean, he's a weird dude. He's, like, got tortoises, and he's, like, described as short and stocky, and he's got, like, this fake mustache on. So I was like, yeah. okay, is he, like, a kid that has to have all these disguises so nobody realizes he's a kid? Like, that was kind of where my head was going. And then once Fair. Prosper saw him, he obviously wasn't a kid. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, well, he's an adult. Um so that was an interesting kind of moment for me being like, oh, let me just realign. And then I was also like, unless he's because he took off the mustache in the presence of like Aunt Esther. Um, and so it's like, oh, well, obviously he's not hiding the fact that he's a kid. So maybe he's not a kid. So anyway, that was a moment of confusion for me. No, um, it's but a good. Yeah, but it's, it's a valid point. Yeah, but I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Um I spent but. the last well, no, I just it's just kind of a funny anecdote. I spent the last like five or ten minutes of me reading it uh on my couch this morning while Nate was starting to paint, like screaming like, It's a trap! Oh my god, it's a trap, you're gonna get trapped and then I didn't get to see any fruition on the trap, so we're gonna see if that's true or not. It's but I was literally yelling out loud. That's great. Um for me, like I said, I think the the suggestion of blackface really kind of hit me and made me really reevaluate how much I love this book and it should and that's what it should do um up until that moment I just fell right back into the magic of it and and I was really excited to pick it back up again and and again like you said this ragtag group of kids 
that's very how do we get the adults out of the picture so that they can run about and do what they need to do and that's very much what this book is and it feels a little like younger six of crows now that i'm thinking about it yeah because because they're much younger they're running around this like pseudo magical city it's not magic but they feel it is and are like trying to make their own way and i just remember thinking like how cool the idea of living in the movie theater was and you know how they were like so responsible and tricky and and it that's not how that is and yeah it it actually reading it as an adult is like oh my god these poor kids like I know that's, that's really I rough too I was like I'm sure that this is supposed to be like a really cool idea for when you're a kid but they're talking like more than once he mentions how cold it is like in the theater and all and these the things. rats yeah and I'm like could you find like an office in the theater to sleep in like what's going on here why do we need to sleep in the main area where we can't heat it like come right. on be practical and then the other kid, they, like, get their money from the, the thief weird... Lord. Yeah, the guy... No, from the, the big red ha- red bearded oh, guy. Oh, Barbarossa. Yeah, Barbarossa, which is such a pirate name. And, oh, yeah. Uh, um, and then the kid's like, let's go buy candy. And Prosper's like, no. But then they still do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys, come on. <laughs> Maybe don't spend all your money on candy. So, yeah, reading it as an adult is definitely a perspective that I would not have had... Um, had I read it as a child, I would have yeah. been in the same camp as you. Like, oh, this is so, like, such a cool idea. You would sleep in a movie theater. How how awesome is that? No. And, like, you're the thief lord as a kid, and you're so sneaky and, like, can do right. all of these. But then you also think about the morality of it. I'm like, I get that he's, like, Robin Hooding the shit out of this. Yeah. But also, like, dude, you're stealing from people. And Prosper is the only one who has, like, an issue with that. He's like, I right. don't steal. Yeah. Like, I am not, you know... Um, he's, he's probably, despite being a kid, is probably more of the adult around there. And it's a really interesting dichotomy, I think. It um, seems like Prosper is supposed to be our moral compass, too. Yes. Um, and I don't know if it will be throughout the whole book, but he's definitely, like, the most practical, um, pragmatic of all the kids. And, I mean, it makes sense. I mean... <laughs> With Hornet as a close second, but I don't think they listen to her because she's a girl. Right. Which is another issue. <laughs> yeah. But I I also think that he he's just, like, really trying to look out for his brother, and that's kind of his number one priority. So he's pragmatic selfishly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I feel like maybe Hornet is more of, like, the group mom kind of pragmatic. Like, she's wanting yeah. everyone to make sure they are, are safe and stuff, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, let's go ahead and get into our questions. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds great. So I'm a little worried about these because we haven't (laughs) done these with a middle grade. Um, Pseudo, we kind of did them with the Golden Compass because Lyra was so young. But, you know, there's still going to be these and we'll see. We'll follow our our path and see what we come up with. So, um, yeah, follow your gut if you've got... Oh, I got more questions. Editions. <laughs> yeah. So if this is your first time joining us, um, we follow a series of questions that we created based off of, you know, how stories work. And we try and follow that and then dive into other avenues based off the story. So we definitely do adjust it. But the first question we usually ask is, does the main character fall in love? And I think this is difficult to answer because the 
who's the main character in this book? It's kind of hard to tell. But does anybody fall in love, I guess I should say? I think Prosper is the main character, at least, or at least he's the main viewpoint. He's Yeah, he's talking the most. Um, Yeah, it's from his point of view, and it has only been from his point of view and from the detective's point of view so far. Right. So I would I would argue that he is probably our main character. Um I don't think so. I think that I don't know that there's any romance in this book. I think that it's going to be a lot more focused on like found family kind of relationships and not and like you know seeing the value in those things and and stretching your moral uh boundaries in order to encompass people who um need you rather than romance i mean there's a it's possible that he and hornet could like have something going but i don't think so i think it's going to be about the found family of this ragtag group of kids yeah i i think that's a valid guess because i don't know a middle grade book that really has romance in it or relationships I mean, there's definitely some, but there it's like, it's usually much more mild or it's like a budding, a friendship that's developed. And like, maybe like once they got into high school, it could be a relationship, like a romantic relationship, but that's true. No, I think that's a solid guess. Um, what tropes do you think you'll see in this one? Well, definitely, um, like found family rejection of blood relations that's already kind of happened. In a very, it's a very Harry Potter-esque kind of, like, the nasty aunt and uncle who want to mess with you. Um, although, let me just say, I don't think that it's that bad what they want to do. Like, I get that he doesn't want to be separated from his brother, but I thought he was, like, going to be, like, sent off to foster care whenever he first talked about it or whenever they first talked about it. They were like, we're going to adopt Bo, but we don't want Prosper. I thought they were going to, like, send him to foster care. And I was like, oh, what? Monsters. No, they're going to send him to boarding school. Right. And he's going to be able to, like, he'll be home to visit his kid brother, like, on the normal times you would be home to visit from boarding school. It's not, it doesn't seem that bad. And I know that's such an adult perspective, but... No, it's okay. It was also, so funny whenever I, wanna, I realized that. I want to note that Bo's five. So Bo's not of school age. Yeah. So, like, it, again, yeah, you're right yeah. in that it makes sense to send Prosper to school. Right. And keep Bo at home because Bo, but the reasoning I think that they're so freaked out about it is this idea there's a lot of emphasis on how beautiful Bo is and how cute he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Prosper. Prosper did not get those genes. And there's a very um, interesting uh, underlying thing about, like, the power of beauty in that. And, I, and I'm and i not going to – I'm going to fault Prosper. And I think he's, like, slightly jealous. And I think in a weird way, you know, it's the last of his mom. And it's, like, his bow looks like his mom. And, like, it's a weird I don't want to let go of that yet type of thing and so that leads him to this desperation and unfortunately he manipulates Bo because Bo's like you're my big brother and I'm five right so I'm gonna follow you wherever so I think that's where it goes and that's that like kid frightened mentality that pushes him forward but totally as an adult it's like what What? that's not that bad you're okay like you're supposed to go to school right yeah I was like you just don't want to go to school like is that what you're saying like that's why it was kind of 
whenever it first came up, I was like, oh my gosh, these monsters. And then I was like, oh no, they're just like, they're like not great, you know, like they're not going to be loving towards Prosper, but they're still providing for him. So like in the real world, this would be not a bad situation really. Anyway, I digress. It's, it's okay. Um, it's a little desperate on his part. <laughs> other tropes, I think we're going to see, like, the mysterious leader um, isn't what he seems kind of thing. Like, I think that the Thief Lord, what's it? How do you say his name? It's so the audiobook does it weird. I always said it was Scipio, but they'd say it funkier than that, like more Italian. But in my head, always as a child, it was Scipio. Okay, well that's what we'll go with. What's what we'll um, go with? But that's the audiobook is like Sippy Sippibo or something. It's something they do it funky in Italian, and I don't. It throws me off every time. I'm like fucking a. It's Scipio, which is <laughs> not right. But I don't know. Maybe I can look up like the movie trailer and Scipio. see how they do it. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was like Scipio, but. Like that might seat. be, but I think that's what they do, and it's probably Scipio, Scipio. but my, like, I don't pronounce words out loud, I just read them shit, uh-huh. was like, it's Scipio, and that's cooler, because I'm lame. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, so Scipio, I think, has a, I mean, obviously, he's sleeping somewhere else, so um, I don't think that he's actually... Um, what he seems. And I think that's like the trope. I'll explain what I think I mean later um, when we get to the twist part. But but yeah, kind of this like reveal of their yeah. leader. Yeah, like the, the leader not being what he seems. Um, I'm trying to think of other like tropes that aren't high fantasy or romantic in nature. I don't know. It's kind of hard to think of them, I would yeah. imagine. Um, but any sort of like kid tropes? I guess think? like orphans, like they're definitely yeah. orphans. Um, and the the trope of like running away is a big. I mean, that's a huge kid book trope is running away. Yes, and like having an adventure. Um, no, it's very true. Yeah, I think that's it. Running away, I, I like because I don't, I don't think I I can't think of anything that going forward oh maybe the like bumbling detective i feel like the detective is going to be kind of like a doofus (laughs) um he's already proved himself to be such once he is yeah so i think that's kind of a trope that we'll see is him him fumbling every five minutes trying to catch these kids and doing one of those like you're dang kids like yeah (laughs) like a scooby Scooby villain (laughs) yeah exactly i like it um, um, so is there a mentor? And if so, who? I don't think Scipio is a mentor for Prosper because Pro- Prosper doesn't, he's not into it. He doesn't want to steal. Um, um, doesn't it feel like that Prosper's kind of only here because like he feels like it's one of his only options? I don't know. I get this yeah. weird sense. And, and you have to remember, I read this a long time ago, so I honestly remember the beginning and I remember the end. Anything in the middle is still really wonky for me. But I'm thinking that like there are going to be a definite um, power struggle between these two boys. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Prosper is only accepting the help of this group of kids because he has to. He doesn't have any other way to survive. Because he obviously doesn't like the theft, doesn't like any kind of risk, really. He He seems very risk adverse, which is why running away was a wild thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And in contrast, Bo is like all about it. Yeah, he's like so excited. Bo wants to be a pirate. 
Yeah, when he's five, like he doesn't really. Yeah, I think about. It, I'm like, I gotta take Jilly on a who's my niece. I gotta take Jilly on like this cross country thing. Like, dude, no. Or like yeah. one of the students I used to teach in pre K. Like they're four and five. D- no. Right. One of my like, one of my preschool story time kids. I don't think so. Yeah. No. Like, and that's the other thing is. Prosper has spent all his energy protecting Bo. So Bo doesn't know like the Any dangers better. or the the risks that are really being taken right now. Yeah. Um so yeah, so he's he doesn't have any kind of like framework for no, actually you shouldn't be a thief. Um there are consequences when you're a thief. Um Yeah. But yeah, so. But do you think that there's maybe an adult that comes in, or do you think that no, there's... I don't. I think that would be. I think that would totally throw it off because it's a kid. It's a middle grade book. If there's an adult mentor, like, why? That's ridiculous. Um, I so think, you don't think there's really going to be a mentor. I don't think so. Um, the only thing I could think of is if we somehow had like a mentor that Scipio had. To like okay. Learn how to steal. That's like a thief mentor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it it I don't because I haven't seen anything from his perspective. I doubt it would be a central point. No, I can see where that would be a good guess. And like, if there is one, it's going to be this. But you're like eighty percent sure there isn't one. Yeah, I feel like there's not one. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this one, I'm also gonna say I'm totally gonna ask this because it is valid in middle grade books, and I have been wrecked by some middle grade books that just throw this out there. But who's going to die, if anyone? I'm thinking Bridge to Terabithia and how just, yeah. like, awful that is, or Number of the Stars or something, where you're just like, why? I'm yeah. ten. But um, you need that. I think if anyone dies, it'll probably be <laughs> sad as this is. Um, It'll probably be one of the other two kids in the crew, the two that are, like, less forefront. Like, Rico. Is it Rico? Yes. And what's the other kid's name? Just with an M. I don't remember. Here, let me look it up really quick. Oh, Mosca. Mosca? Mosca. Mosca? M-O-S-C-A. Yep. Is Mosca. Husband. Yeah, Mosca. Um, I'm scared it's going to be one of them. Um, Ricio, Ricio, Hornet, Mosca, Bo, Prosper, and, and Prosper. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Scipio. Scipio. Um, I think it'll be one of them. And then it probably will be, um, like, function as a catalyst because we do that a lot um, for Prosper to, like, do something that is against his normal risk-adverse yeah. attitude. No, that's a good idea. Um, all right. This is where I think your big theory is going to come out. Okay. Is with this question. What's the twist? Okay. Lay it on me. Yeah. So I have some theories and they're probably very wrong, but I'm just going to go with them anyway. But that's what this podcast is all about. Like yeah. that is, you know, we are we are throwing shit to the wind and just being like, let's see what happens. And sometimes it works and sometimes it's way wrong. We've both done really well with that so yeah go for it so okay so obviously the this job that's just been introduced to us um this thief thievery job is a big part of the story so i what i think is going to happen is scipio is going to go and meet with the conte um the count and 
he's going to be like taken like imprisoned Um, okay like it's a trap like he's he's walking into a trap to because he's been robbing all of these rich people and like these crazy houses so obviously they know something is going on yeah he's very robin hood about it right so he's been he's been stealing from all of these wealthy people i think that he's going to be um imprisoned Uh, But at the same time, and I don't know how these two theories work together, but I also think that Scipio is part of that world. I think that he's probably, like, the son. Part of of the the rich people's world? Yeah. I think that he's probably, like, the son of somebody or whatever um, who's been ousted, maybe. Like, he was a bastard son. Probably not. It's a middle grade. But something like that, where he he was part of that world for a, a, a time and then um wasn't anymore and i think because he never lets people go on um raids with him raids with him so like maybe he's just literally attending a damn party oh and then stealing stuff all right so that's what i'm hoping is happening but so i think so he's like it's a front yeah okay like he's like he's taking he's stealing he's definitely stealing shit um but he's just doing it in a like disguised way as he thinks he is it's like he's the he's disguised as himself you know like he he goes to these parties as like whoever he actually is and then he steals the stuff and then brings it back and sells it because he doesn't he doesn't sell it the kids sell it well that's the thing he like brings it back to the kids and they sell it and he hasn't like so far in the book at least he hasn't taken any of that money no um he doesn't stay with them so obviously he has a place to stay Mm -hmm. um he's got appointments all the time so i'm like does he need to be home like so that people don't notice he's gone like they're so i think so the disguise is the thief lord yeah you know that's his alter ego okay like yeah in a superhero kind of way so then like okay if he's like this rich kid then why why the fuck is he doing this well so i think he's got some beef with this society Um, maybe, like I said, maybe he's kind of been ostracized for some reason, or, um, he had some kind of tragedy befall his family because of the way these rich people operate and because of like the secrets and the, um, the underhandedness of their dealings. Cause they say in the book, right before the very last chapter we read, um, like everyone knows these families run the city, even though it's not public, not like, right officially um so like the, these big rich families can buy their way into anything or out of anything and so maybe that burned him in some way um or either that or he's a no i was gonna say he could be a servant but i like him being part of the the family better so then how do so then do the other kids find out and if so how so I think what's going to happen is it's, he's going to get set up. Um, this is a setup. And he's going to go meet the Count or whatever, the Conte. And he's going to get presumably captured from okay. what the kids can see. Um, but in reality, what happened is he got, like, nabbed by people who knew who he was. So now he's basically on, like, house arrest. So okay. he's he gets taken out of the kids' lives, the, the gang's lives, um, and punished but in a way befitting somebody who's 
Like he gets grounded. An aristocrat, basically. Yeah, he can't he can't get to them. Um, So they think he's like in jail. Um, And so then I think the main storyline of this is going to be and this is so wrong, but I'm so happy with it. Um, I think the main storyline of this book is going to be them trying to rescue him. Okay, so there. Okay, let me get this straight. So (laughs) you so you think that's that Scipio is a front or the, the the thief lord is a front for this like rich kid who has some beef with the rich society. So he's yeah. been like stealing from the rich and literally giving to the poor. Right. Has a Robin Hood complex. Mm-hmm. So this setup that this this um big uh thief thing, uh big prize, Yeah, the the big job. Yeah, big job, thank you. I couldn't think of that fucking <laughs> word. And so is is really a trap. And yeah. he's gonna go and get caught. Yeah. And then he and so then the kids are like, well, where the fuck is he? And really, he's just grounded, but they think he's in jail. And so the rest of the book is them trying to spring him from jail. So what happens if they find like what like when are they gonna find out though? That's my I guess my big question is like, are the kids gonna find out about Scipio's real life? And if so, what are they gonna do? Because it's like okay, that's a really cool book, but, like, what's the ending or what's the moral or what's the point? Yeah, so I think I think that they're going to spend a lot of time, um, like, honing their own detective slash thief skills in order to try to find information about where he is. Oh, okay. So I think that there's going to be, like, a lot of um, Prosper coming to terms with, like, I need to save this person who helped me, so I have to do things that I don't morally agree with kind of stuff okay um and then so i think that's going to be a big part of it and they're going to grow a lot from that um and then i think they will find out but i don't think they'll find out until they like find him okay i think they'll find him and then he'll be like in a bed and they'll be like what the hell like why Mm -hmm. aren't you in a basement in a locked up to a pipe um and then it will all come out or whatever and then I feel like, <laughs> well, okay. I think that go for it. Just go. I, I think that this is so ridiculous, but I do think that after that, they're gonna be like, whatever. Um, I they'll probably forgive him, but I think that Prosper is gonna become the thief lord. Okay, I think he's gonna take on the mantle, kind of like he's a Dread Pirate Robertson thing. Yeah, or Casanova. Um, yeah, so they'll the he'll he'll become the thief lord and like be a better more like conscientious person because he's actually like sleeping in the cold theater theater yeah. and um isn't going home to a cushy bed every night and can and can run his help these kids in a way that he thinks is more morally sound. Okay. So then I think that bleeds nicely into my other question, the next one, of why is this story from the main character's perspective? And I think that's an easy answerable one for you because if because this is like Prosper's journey to take up this mantle. Right? Yeah, it's like his his um character journey from reluctant street urchin uh to like leader of this organization. Yep. That's what I'm going with. I, I like it. I like the sounds <laughs> of it. Um, I'm going to throw two kinks into it. Okay. Um, uh, so, one, 
what the fuck up with the detective then? I think he's just an idiot who gets in their way. But do okay, but does he have a journey? Like is he gonna I think eventually he'll probably realize that like the um aunt and uncle are shitty and he doesn't want to work for them. And like like he'll probably have some interaction with Prosper where he like talks to him. Um and he'll he'll kind of realize, oh, these kids ran away because these people are like in the lens of the book not in my adult lens but these people are like evil right um and he'll probably he'll then no longer hunt them and maybe even help them maybe he i guess he could be the mentor if they're gonna have to find scipio like they need help figuring out how to do detective work he could become a mentor maybe okay um so then my second kink is when I first introduced this book into to you, mm-hmm. I said it had some magical realism in it. I don't remember that. Okay, well I did say that. Well, maybe it does come in. Scipio is a lord from a different dimension. Okay, that's not <laughs> magical realism. Um but but <laughs> fuck Allison. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe he's transmuting our ordinary objects into these fancy things to also not magical them. realism, but it's okay. okay. How, I, wh- what would my be magic? What's an example of magical realism? Though? Magical realism is like this idea of something extraordinary happening in a real world, but then they, um, like it still continues in the real world. It's not like aliens. It's not like magic powers. It's not like somebody discovers that they're a superhero. It's this idea of this fantastical, thing happens but somehow it fits realistically into our world like um in like water for chocolate when you know certain things like fall from the sky and it really should just be rain but it's not and and it like does something healthy with the ground and i I feel i think that's like water for chocolate um or um and and there's like just a little bit of a hint of something fantastical and okay okay do you have so, any idea I mean, where that might come in i don't know maybe it's okay it's, if you don't maybe something with like how they I'm, end up finding him okay because i'm not gonna lie it definitely comes up like later it's yeah. not in the book um at the beginning so it's totally fine that you don't necessarily know where to go with it um the last thing that i want to kind of ask about is there's this really interesting notion in this book that has come up and I'm going to spoil it just a little bit for you of growing up. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting, it's kind of like Robin Hood and Peter Pan had a baby in Venice (laughs) and it, because they, you know, Prosper gets teased a little bit in the book for being too adult by Scipio and it's mentioned a lot and it continues on throughout the book of how Prosper is so rigid and Scipio is a little bit more like growing up is stupid. I'm like this Peter Pan as character that doesn't want to do it. And he does in a weird way have like this group of lost boys mm-hmm. and Hornet is a little Wendy-esque. And, you know, I'm curious as to what you think that might play into your theory. And if that's like as a theme, how that, weaves into your prediction yeah well i think and i i did 
kind of touched on this a little bit, maybe in an obtuse way. I think that Prosper has to kind of give in to some of these notions that of childhood that are like, it's okay to adventure around and like steal stuff and whatever, as long as I'm, you know, doing it for my family or, or, you know, I can pretend to be this like totally competent detective thief, like an imagination kind of thing. Um, like in order to justified reason for it. Right. So I think, I think he's going to have to like not be so stodgy and like kind of loosen up those, those adult morals he's put on um, in order to make this story go. Um, Cause I do what, think he is the main character and I think it's going to be his journey. And what about Scipio? Do you think, do you think he gets kind of knocked down a peg? I don't know. A, like, or has to like grow up a little bit more or. He might have to grow up, but I also think that maybe he, instead of like, yeah, I think he might have to like grow up and that's part of the passing of the torch almost. Like he needs to, like he has responsibilities and, and whatever. Um, yeah. And instead of running away from those things and playing these good, you know, doing these this thievery and like, because, you know, he's not stealing big stuff. He's stealing fucking sil- like sugar tongs. Sugar tongs. Um, so... Like they could be pranks almost, yeah. Um, for especially for like incredibly wealthy people, like they don't, they're probably not even gonna notice those sugar tongs are gone. Um, yeah. I think that, and he always he said before too, like I already sold the jewels, and like, yes. did you, <laughs> did you steal jewels and or sell them? Are you just that you did? Right? Or are you just like trying to make this seem like a more legit thing? Um. So yeah, I mean, he might need to end up putting this kind of weird game that he's playing and involving all these people in behind him because he needs to because he has to one protect the people who aren't protected by having money right um and two like he got caught so it's kind of a uh, there's a consequence situation there yeah your um your theory also brings up a really interesting note of um classism and um the differences between the wealthy and the poor in this city. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see how that continues um, in your theory. But I think you got a pretty solid one. I, I Are there any other... I know I mentioned, like, Robin Hood and Peter Pan, but are, do you have any other thoughts or yeah, any other I, stories this reminds you of? It definitely feels kind of like a middle grade Six of Crows, except for less dark. Um I don't, I don't think the reasoning behind the crime syndicate that they've created is quite so brutal. No, it's not going to be that bad. Um, that would be, that would be a very different middle, middle grade. grade. Yeah. Um, I think it does kind of a little bit remind me of City of Masks just because of the magical realism and maybe, or not the magical realism, the setting in Venice. Yes, yeah, setting and, in Venice. And maybe it's like a similar kind of. Um, like, not portals so much, yeah. but like, oh, this hallway wasn't here before kind of thing yes. going on, some kind of spatial magic that's not being controlled by anyone, but just by the environment um, and the mysticism of the city. I don't, other than that, yeah, Peter Pan, obviously, um, Robin Hood, obviously. Yeah. I think but, those are good. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I have any stories, which is great. I mean, I'm glad that it's not one for one a story I've already read. No, it's it's not 
And it, I'm going to tell you right up front, it's not going to be. Yeah. Um, because there's a, I think your theory is super solid. And I think that unfortunately, like, there's still a big chunk of this story that, like, I couldn't give you. Right. Because, yeah. like, otherwise you'd have to read a third of the book. And it's just, and it's just the nature of how this book is structured. So, like, I'm not going to rub it in your face that you didn't get this one big weird thing because, like, the <laughs> magical realism hasn't even been introduced. I just was curious as to, like, if you had any inklings as to how that was sprinkled on. But, like, it's not even there yet. So you're you're good. And I think, though, from what you've been given, you have a really solid um, guess. You have a solid prediction here. And if not, it's a good story. Um, <laughs> we'll write it. We'll write it. Um, we, we tend to, to do that. So... Um, Great. I, I think that's a good stopping point unless you have anything else you wanted to throw in there like Barbarossa's actually a pirate. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you want to throw out there, but Barbarossa's just slimy. Yeah, he's so slimy. And gross. So slimy. And, yeah. And also like st- I can't believe he has a portrait that he like watches his shop through. That's so creepy. I know, it's so creepy. Yeah, so he's just kind of I think the like slimy guy that they have to deal with kind of thing. Yeah. He's um, kind of like was- the middleman. Yeah, he's gross. Um, I also don't think that he knows if if my theory is correct about the betrayal, which is probably not. I don't think that he knows it's a betrayal because he gets good stuff from them. So I don't think that he would, unless he was getting paid a lot of money. I don't think he would knowingly like annihilate that source of of um, supply from himself. Yeah, I think that's fair. So cool. He's awesome. slimy, but he's also like. A Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, totally. Um, awesome. Great. Well Yay. done. Um, for a middle grade, this is going to be fun. I'm excited uh, to see what you think of the rest of it. And I'm excited to talk about our reviews, which will come out again in two weeks. Um, if you liked listening to us, please follow us on all the social media. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter. And subscribe and rate us five stars. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, we've gotten some really awesome feedback lately um, from Book Riot. And knowing that we've added on listeners is really helpful and great. Um, and so if you could take like six seconds and just rate us five stars on there and leave a review, that would be amazing uh, to continue to help uh, people notice novel predictions because it's fun. I think we have a good time. Um, but that being said, if you like this podcast, I bet you're going to like this uh, other literature podcast that we're about to recommend here. It's called Loaded Literature, yeah. and it's about these three friends who basically they decided to put their book club on a podcast. And I think that's a really fun idea. And what's really great about this podcast is that they have very intricate, intriguing discussions, um, not just about the books, but about like the adaptations and the authors themselves. And they really go into some uh, great analysis. And um, it's kind of like a more fun English class because there's wine and food and friends. And (laughs) so come join the Loaded Literature Book Club and they're going to tell you more about it right now. And booze? Do you like themed food? Do you like a mixture of high and lowbrow? Well then, welcome to Loaded Literature. We're your hosts. I'm Victoria. I'm Hale. And I'm Anya. This podcast began as a book club that expanded beyond our reading room. We cover one book in a month and break it down by analysis, background context, and adaptions. All of which will be paired with alcohol and food. 
So please come join our book club. Episodes air Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media at LoadedLiteraturePodcast.com, LoadedLitPod on Twitter, or LoadedLiterature on Instagram. We all have our own individual social media, so please follow us there as well and come join the conversation. So that's Loaded Literature. Give them a listen. Subscribe to them. Thanks uh, for Loaded Literature for giving us that promo. And um, like I said, it's just it's like a book club podcast. And that's kind of fun for some people who might not have time to actually do a book club or don't have friends like me. I have Allison and that's about it. Um, (laughs) Especially book people. It is. It's book people. We you know, I think the podcast world is a good way for book people to relate. Um, Any other final thoughts that you just want to add in here about the book thief that you're going to read over the next two weeks? The Thief Lord? Book Thief is a different different book. Wow. (laughs) I also haven't read that one, but please don't make me read it. It sounds so I haven't read it either. So no, we're not going to, we're not going to read that one. I, fuck, I can't believe I messed that up. I should, (laughs) I should go back to bed. If you guys rate and review us on iTunes, that would be amazing. But also a really great way to promote our show, if you like it, is word of mouth. So if you tweet about us, if you, um shout us out on instagram if you if you talk to people in person that like books and like podcasts and might think we're funny or entertaining or dumb enough to enjoy um we would really appreciate that and the audience members are dumb enough to enjoy us no that we are dumb enough to enjoy it be enjoyed oh okay got it no, sorry i, so I was like weird. don't call our listeners dumb they're no, smart by listening <laughs> we are dumb enough to be enjoyed yes Oh God! I like whatever. That. Um, Fuck. God, you know what dumb. I'm saying. We're just tired. We're sleep deprived. <laughs> We're sleep deprived. We appreciate every single shout out we get and every um, time anyone mentions us. It just makes our little hearts pitter patter. So um, please share us with your friends and family. We hope that you are enjoying it. We hope to talk to you on social. So go and talk to us and um, share some of your predictions. If you've never read yeah. The Thief Lord, if you're like Allison, I'd love to hear what you guys think too. Or if you have read it and you are like, wow, Allison, that was horrible, also share that. I'm happy to get criticism. Just don't tell her if she's right. You can tell me that it was bad. No. Just don't tell don't... me that how I was wrong. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, thank you guys for sharing. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We're so grateful and so appreciative that you guys take the time um, to listen to our little podcast in the vast ocean of podcasts. That and we're going to stop talking now. Yeah, no, I'm going to go because I got to go drive an hour and a half and i still need a shower so i'm gonna go um thanks guys for listening we'll see you we'll talk to you in two weeks we don't see each other on this it's fine um i'm kales and i'm allison keep making novel predictions bye Bye.